name is Pastor Stephanie. Thank you. My name is Pastor Stephanie, and um, it is great to have everybody here um, this morning. I know as the days go by, more people will join us and all. Um, repentance. What is repentance? There's so many, um, I mean, there's a, a number of definitions of repentance that we may know, you know, um, but this is a message that the Lord laid in my heart um, about a month ago or longer than a month ago, actually. And shortly after God laid it in my heart, I knew that it was even beyond a personal work. I knew that God wanted to bring something, wanted to bring a deliverance to his people, you know, and the weeks that came after that, uh, there were different events and different, you know, just different experiences that I went through um, that, um, pretty much helped me understand better what God was and is doing in my life. And I'm hoping and, you know, trusting God that one of the things or amongst the many things that we are able to establish in this time is having a change of mind. Because when Jesus came, he said, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the message that John the Baptist brought. That was the message that was also seen in the book of Isaiah. It was saying repent. Why? Because there is a kingdom that is at hand. Um, and Isaiah goes forward, um, goes further to even explain it. So let me let me do what I always do, which I hope we are doing. Please let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew. I believe it's Matthew chapter four. From okay, so verse seventeen. So verse seventeen says, um, "From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.'" In Matthew chapter three. We also see John the Baptist saying, prepare the way of the Lord. It says, um, Matthew chapter 3 from verse, from verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So if we go to that scripture in Isaiah, it's the reference is Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah chapter 40, um, the Bible says, um, from verse, verse 3, it says, a voice of one is calling out, clear, okay, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness, remove the obstacles, make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised, and every mountain and hill will be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged places a broad valley. And the glory and majesty and splendor of the Lord will be revealed, and all humanity shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So there were a few things that I took down um, from this. It says, first, repent. Why? The kingdom of God is at hand. How do you repent? It says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah 40 now gives us more context and says, every valley shall be exalted, meaning every valley, va valley is a low plain. Um, 
I'm sure we know what a valley looks like. So there are mountains and there are valleys. So it's like high and low. Um, the valley will be exalted, meaning the low grounds will be will be leveled up. And it says every mountain will be brought low. So even those that are higher will be will be leveled out. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So um, just very quickly, there were a few things that stood out in this and over the next 14 days, this is one of the scriptures that we'll be using as an anchor. So when I looked at um, what crooked places meant or what crooked places mean, um, the Bible gave, so starting with repent, um, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, prepare ye the way of the Lord. To prepare a way, it means to turn, actually. I know most times, most of us know repentance to mean turning turning away, but preparing means to turn, to get into a cause of action, to anticipate something, an event, maybe um, an occasion or the arrival of a person. And the Bible explains that the reason why we are preparing the way of the Lord is because the kingdom of God is at hand. We see every time that the Bible or Jesus Christ spoke in parables about the kingdom, it was always about preparing because a master was coming, because the master is coming, whether it is the, um, the parable of the so the parable of the talents, the parable of the virgins, we see parallels in these stories of how Christ was always, you know, painting a picture to them and telling them a time, there's a time to, um, there's a time to work and there's a time for taking account and that time of taking account will come, you know, so it is one thing to do the work and it's another thing to even evaluate the work you have done with the time that you have had. So if we even look at like the parable of the virgins, we see how the virgins, all of them, the Bible tells us that they all had oil in their lamps, right? Um, but some had more than others. So there was a time I'm sure they had probably used up the oil that they had, but it wasn't enough to just use up what you have had, um, what you have. Um, you need to constantly refill. You need to constantly be in that state of preparation. You need to be constantly ready, um, you know, because the bridegroom was coming. They all knew it, but the exact time or hour is what they did not know. So they, everybody had a measure of oil in their lamps. Some had used theirs, some had gone to replenish, um, and some just left things the way they were. While I was even thinking about, you know, just the journey that God has brought us through in prayer reign, I see how the messages and the things for each season has been very um, you know, intentionally knit together by God. The last prayer reign season, we were talking about foundations of faith and now we're talking about repentance you know and one of the things that the lord placed or rather one of the pictures that he painted for me is that this season of repentance it is not just um it is this message is not just for the unbeliever even more so it is for the believer who has built who has laid foundations but now the lord is saying refurbish the things that you have done because that version that you had before it was great but it needs to be updated it is fantastic that you have had oil in your lamp. It is great that it has served you for a season. It is good that you have had all of these things, but now is the time to build. Now is the time to add to. Now is the time to re-innovate. Now is the time to um, 
refurbish. Now is the time to change certain things. Now is the time to re-strategize. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm trusting God that even in these 14 days, we'll be able to, you know, piece all of the messages together, how the repentance um, is related to the way of, of repentance and how it relates to the kingdom of God. And so God is saying that um, the, his message to us in this season is don't rest on your laurels. You know, don't don't become complacent, not because you cannot. In fact, I was sharing with someone a couple of I think a week or so ago, and I was just saying how, you know, this repentance journey is really about making a shift and making a transition. And, you know, the funny thing or the interesting thing about it is that you always see that you have a choice. You can choose to remain the same or you can choose to just go a little further in God. And I had gotten to a place in my life where I looked at my life and how things were going. And I realized that I could have actually remained the same. And I wouldn't have, and it wouldn't have been an obvious, it, it, it would have probably been obvious to maybe a few people that were close to me. And it would have still been okay according to the standards of this world. Um, it would have been um how did Paul say it? Um, it would have been, would I say permissible? It would have been fine. You know, it could have been justified. It could have been, well, okay, at least, you know, I have done this, I have done that. It could have just been about myself and you, it could have just started and ended where it was. And life would have gone on as usual, but something in me would have died. Every time the Lord invites us on a journey is because he wants to birth things in us. He wants to birth things through us. Um, and so I looked at it and I realized that I had a choice. And it was even the fact that I had the choice and I could see the two choices in front of me. I think that was what even led me to a place of deeper repentance. And I said, God, help me. Because even when my will is standing in my face, when I see that I have the power to make certain decisions, I don't ever want to choose myself over over you. If it comes to, if it ever gets to a place where I have to choose you, God, I don't even want it to be a debate. I don't even want it to be a case of, I had no other choice and that was why I chose God. And that is a very hard place to be. But every time we choose God, it is always rewarding. Another interesting thing I found about um, one of the words used in that scripture, which is crooked. In, um, crooked was talking about, is it that crooked or um or rough. Okay, it talks about the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places shall be made smooth. Now, one of them, either crooked or, or, or rough, was talking about the inability to transition, the inability to journey in God. Another one of them, um, I think it was the, the rough, it was talking about a deception. So you see, it is not just a message to the Gentiles. It is not just the message to the Greeks. It is also a message to the Jew. It is also the message to the believer, to everyone that believes. Because in one of the things that I started to understand also is that our salvation comes in doses, right? Um, there's this scripture that has been like my, would I say like my blood of Jesus in the last couple of weeks. And it is, let me put it up. Is this scripture in um, Romans 1.16? The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and for the Greek. 
it is the power of God to salvation for everyone that believes. So even the saved person, because our salvation, we experience our salvation in doses. At the point where you are receiving Christ, you are being saved. Even in your work with salvation, that's why it is a work. It is a, it's a work that you, you are constantly working out with fear and trembling because salvation is coming in doses. It is coming in seasons. It is coming in dispensations. And so the word of God is, is, um, is, is, is what has the power to save us. In this, in, this, in this season of repentance, one of the things that we must bind very closely to our hearts as with other seasons is the word of God because nothing else has the power to change or to transform us. And so when I was going through this personal experience, I remember I had spoken with Pia a couple of times and one of the things she said to me was, um, amongst the other things we talked about, there were certain issues that I needed to bring before God and just allow him to shine his light. And it was, and now thinking about it, I see it as taking the crooked parts of my life and just laying it before God. And, you know, this scripture is even just really making sense to me now, how the crooked places were becoming smooth. It was by me taking these areas of my life that I had never brought before God before, you know, and I said, Lord, this is what it is. This is who I am, you know, and I'm not saying it in a self-righteous way. I'm saying it because I need you to help me because I am looking at my life and I know I cannot continue like this. It is not because it was going to be, and like I said, that it was going to be an obvious downfall or anything. No, but I felt something close to Lot's wife just becoming stone cold because at some point, if you can't journey anymore, it's no longer about staying the same. You just staying the same means dying, staying the same means expiring, staying the same means losing your relevance, you know, and that pillar of salt. Um, picture was painted in my mind again. I said, God, I don't want to become a pillar of salt. I do not want to become a person who is, who has no, 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 no rela real relationship with you. A person that hides things from you, a person that shields things from you, a person that does not allow the hand of God to touch me and to, you know, just filter through every area and every aspect of my life. And one of the things um, I, um, I resolved to do was I sat down and I made a list. I sat down and I made a list of things that I knew I could identify as strongholds. And it's something I want to propose to us to do today. As we talk about repentance, um, I would go through maybe some of the definitions of repentance, if not on this call, maybe on another call. But I want um, this particular prayer read to be very practical for each of us. Make a list of 10 things because that was what I did. I sat down and I, I intended to make a list of 10 things, but I ended up making, writing eight pages of pouring my heart out to God. You know, so when we come together to pray, one hour is never enough. What this one hour should do for us is like when you're going to school and you're studying something, when you go to class and you sit down with the teacher, the teacher is just going to tell you based on his own experience, based because that person can teach something based on what they know, based on what they have experienced, based on what they have learned, you know, based on what they did, maybe their um, thesis or what's it called, you know, any everything about um, regarding school, their masters and all of that. And so they become um, renowned in that area and they are able to teach. 
And so the teacher is able to bring, or the professor is able to bring some clarity and to explain certain things. But there is also the place for personal work. There's also the place for personal study. There's also the place for personal research. I'm finding that out more and more now because I'm also, you know, currently in a period where I'm doing a lot of studying, research, and all of that, it takes a lot from you, but it is work that you need to do. So as much as this fellowship we have is fantastic, there is it also places a demand on each and every one of us, because honestly, it's better if we don't even hear or know these things at all, than for us to come into this assembly, and God is creating pathways for each and every one of us, and we look at it, and we just say, mm, you know what, I'd rather not. Even if we don't say that with our words, maybe our actions are communicating it. How much of God are we engaging in this season? If we're talking about repentance, it means it has to be a radical change of action, a radical change in the course of action, in the way we have done things, even in the way we relate with God. What is your prayer life like? What are the things that trigger you? What are the things that bring you to a place of desperation before the presence of God? What are the things that um, you know are standing? Or what are some of the things that are ambiguous? Or what are some of the questions that you have never even sat down before to write down? You know, to just question certain things and just place it before God. The Lord is saying in this season that it is when the crooked paths are made straight and when the mountain is leveled and the valley is exalted when all of these things are laid before him that is when they are made plain and that is when the glory of the lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it how else would the glory of the lord be revealed if it's not through our lives there is another um, one of these words that actually talks about a blockage it's like a stumbling block it doesn't allow entry or exit and so what are the things in our lives that are not allowing entry or exit of the light of God? What are the, you know, and another example, I'm in a country where I don't speak their language currently. I don't speak their language. Um, I remember my idea of this place when I was coming here. It was all fun and games. It was exciting. I looked forward to it. You know, I had created and I don't know where that impression was from, but there was there was a mindset concerning it. You know, there was an idea concerning it. And then I get here and I think it was just this weekend, I, I called one of my friends and I said, listen, this is actually not funny anymore. I'm realizing more and the more and more that I am here, it is really not just about being here. It is actually about doing a lot of work. And the honest truth is I have not been able to, I, I, I have not been willing to do this work to get to the place that I want to go in terms of communicating, speaking the language, you know, and just understanding certain things. It's like, it's such a hard thing to do. And my words probably did not communicate it up until yesterday, but my actions were showing it because I will get on the tram or I will get on the bus or I'm going somewhere and something in my mind just insists that it's either English or nothing. In fact, the little of the language that I could speak, I will use it to tell them, sorry, I don't speak this language. I only speak English. You know, and I'm like, you can't, this is not the way to, what do you hope to see at the end of your, your time here? Do you want to go back the same way you came? Or do you even want to be immersed? And do you want to 
take certain things with you and give certain parts, you know, pour into this environment as well. And so it starts with a deliberate attempt. And what that now means is I'm not just going to think it or confess it. I now have to create a plan. I've had a plan actually, but I have to follow this working plan. I cannot hold tight or hold on to the things that I have known for so long and think, okay, you know what? it's just going to drop on me or it's just going to happen by coincidence. No, it has to take deliberate effort, deliberate attempts. And what does deliberate attempts look like? So many times we may start and we may stumble, but it is okay. I cannot count how many times we have gone on a fast and I found myself, and this is me being honest, I found myself probably at three o'clock. I'm just like, God, please forgive me, but I have to eat, you know, so and so. And so when people talk to me and say things like, are you able to fast for so long? How are you able to, you know, pray for so long? I say, because I have tried and I've allowed myself to fail. There were times when I was able to go the distance. There were times when I failed. There were times when I didn't try at all. But for me to sit and say, I'm not going to try is never an option. Even though it may feel very enticing, even though it is a comfort zone, it is something you are used to, it is familiar. It doesn't pose any threat to you. There is no fear in familiarity, but that is a place to become stone cold. That that is a place to become irrelevant. That, that is a place to become like a pillar of salt. You cannot move forward and you can't even go back. You're just there. Many times will come and go. Many people will come and go. Seasons will come and go and you remain there. You just remain there. You are not growing. You are not transiting. You're not making any progress. You are still basking on the glories and the victories of yesterday. You are still you know, making most of the many things that you have done before, but there is no evidence, there is no substance. And the problem with things like that is when the when the hand of God cannot move, cannot move upon you, he cannot even move through you. And so your life just becomes like, um, it's no longer like fresh waters that are flowing. It, you just become stagnant. And after a while, you need to be taken out. And so it is my prayer that in this season of repentance, as we bring this word of repentance, the Lord will help each and every one of us identify specific areas in our lives where we need the hand of God to move and to be made manifest for us. So I'd like us to start by making a list today. Let us make a list of what we believe or what we have known repentance to be. And let us take Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 and let us, you know, let us sit down with the word of God. And just make sincere prayers to God and say, God, where are the areas of my life that I have not allowed you to move freely? What are those mountains that I have elevated in my life? You know, what are those things that I have held so, you know, I have, I have um, held or upheld so high in my heart that I have chosen it above you? What are the areas of my life that I haven't believed that you can come through for me? Where are the areas that I have doubted you? Where are the areas that where are the areas that I have doubted myself, Lord? What are the things that I think are too big for me that I cannot even tackle? I will start with myself. Number one, I think it's very hard to learn a, a new language. And that is a mindset in itself. And it's one of the things that I will write in my list today and say, Lord, you are the author of languages. After all, you give freely the gift of speaking in tongues. So if I can speak in tongues, 
it cannot be hard because it is the same part of the brain that speaks in tongues that even enables me speak other languages. And I should be able to understand that. And maybe there is something in my understanding that is that is not right, that doesn't allow me fully accept that truth of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Being practical. So it's not just about, this is number one prayer point. This is, it may even just be, you may write a list of 10 things and you may stay on one thing for one day, two days, and you're just praying it before God. And you're saying, God, these are the issues. You know, and for me personally, when I made that list, of some of the things that have stood in the way between me and God. Then I made another list of the reasons why I wouldn't allow certain things happen in my life again. Because there were some things that kept happening that were repeating themselves time after time, season after season, period over period. And I'm like, if this thing continues like this, it is not the it's not the circumstances that's the issue. It is me, and I'm going to keep deteriorating. So I sat down and I made a list. I made a list of 10 reasons. It actually ended up being 11 based on scripture, why certain things will not repeat itself in my life again. And I made that list and I brought it before God. And I started by making lists. And before I knew it, I was writing pages. These pages were personal prayers. These pages were dreams that God was revealing to me also in that time, you know. And so I'm saying this now to charge each and every one of us. This repentance we are talking about, it is a personal walk. It is a personal walk with God. Don't think that it is about anybody else. It is between you and God. God is calling and inviting each and every one of us to a place, to a deeper place with him and in him. I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be open. Let us see the next 14 days as days of, you know, let's come with our notes, let's come with our Bibles, let's come for serious work. If it gets to a point where we have to ask questions on the call, let us ask questions. If you have a question, if there's something you want to share, because it's fantastic that we can come together to pray, but what is the practicality of what we are doing? What are the issues that some of us are having? What are the questions that we have? What gain do we have if we rise up early in the morning and we just do all of this what is the difference between us and the people that are doing idol worship? If we are just coming together to fulfill all righteousness, but that is not what we are doing. So we must be able to allow the spirit of God to really minister to us. You know, let us be very intentional about what we want to receive from God in the next 14 days. So I charge and I would say I challenge each and every person to sit down and make a list. I was going to say five things, but I think we can do 10. Let's make a list of 10 things that are probably standing in the way, or it could even be questions. It may not be that we may not even fully know. It may just be questions that we have in our hearts that we know that we don't have answers to, and we have for some reason never presented it before God. Let us start with that list of 10 things. Let's bring it before God's table in these 14 days. And let's say, Father, have your way. Tackle it, level every level every mountain, Lord. Elevate every valley, Lord. Make every crooked path straight. Whatever it means in my life and in this season, whatever is required for me to transition, my God, whatever is required for me to shift, whatever is required for me to not remain the same, oh God, whatever it is that is standing in the way, whatever it is that is being a cloud of darkness, whatever it is that is... Um, um, 
um, causing deceit to, to prosper in my life, Lord. Father, have your way. Cause the light of your word to shine. I want to experience your light and I want to experience your life. I want to experience your truth, Father. Your word says that I should prepare the way. I should turn to the way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Cause my eyes to be turned to see the way that Jesus has even prepared, Father. In the name of Jesus, let me no longer see myself or see the things um, see um, see only my way of doing things, but Father, let me begin to see you. Let me see you in every aspect of my life. Let me see you in every thought. Let me see you in every movement. Lord, I pray that you will become real to me. This is so. These are some of the prayers that I prayed. These are some of the prayers I prayed. I said, Lord, it's like I'm feeling a form to meet someone. I said, God, I know I have filled this form many times, and maybe I filled the form and I left. Maybe I started and I got tired of waiting and I left. But Lord, this time, nail me with you to the cross. I want to wait until my eyes see, until I behold, until I see you, until I meet with you, because it is when I meet with you, Lord, you give answers. Look at Moses. It was when Moses met with God. In fact, I don't know what quite, I think what was probably frustrating Moses at the time was the children of Israel and their misbehavior and how they were very strong-headed and hard-hearted. Um, but when Moses met with God, God did not just tell him, this is what this is xyz no god revealed to him things starting from the beginning and he wrote books every time we come before god we think we have one problem but the lord because he is so mighty and he's so weighty when he places his presence when he places um um his fellowship with you know places um his communion upon us it's like what we thought we wanted becomes like a drop in an ocean. And then there's, there's so much clarity. So Moses was coming with one perspective, but God gave him such a wide perspective. God took him to the beginning. God showed him things. God explained things to him. God shifted his mind. God made him a bigger person. He made him weightier. He made him fatter in the spirit. He gave him substance. He changed his life. So every time we come before God to wait on him, it is not because we want to go on a hunger strike. No, even the way we see fasting, it should change. You know, it shouldn't be a burden. It should be something we look forward to. Why? Because we are coming to spend time with God and we are coming to change. And it is something we do voluntarily. You know, so the good thing about this work of repentance is for the believer, it is voluntary. I mean, for everybody, it's voluntary. But because not just because we have been saved. You know, um, there's also that temptation to stay in the places that we have stayed, but knowing that God, there is so much of God that we have not seen and we have not, we are yet to experience. Every time we come before him and we say, Father, I'm taking this time off to hear you, to see you, to receive from you and to be blessed and to be changed and to become like you. And so that is why we come on this journey of repentance. And so I'd like to invite us as um Pastor Uche would lead us um, in the in the um, in the in the next um, minutes of prayer. I'd like to invite us to this place where we are repentant before God. And you know, let us just ask God to show us. It is what I've said over and over. You know, He's going to lead us in prayer. Let's just even start by praying in the Spirit and just trusting God that His will will be done. 
this last prayer ring of the, the 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 pressure is not even on the fact that it is the last prayer ring of the year. No, it is because of the season that is upon us. It is a season to refurbish. It is a is a season to to innovate. It's a season to redefine. It's a season to um um to make certain critical decisions. So it's not about the calendar of the world. But it's about the season of God, the season of heaven. I like us to pray. That the Lord will help us be aligned with Him, that our minds will become one with Him. We will not forget, we will not miss out any 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 part of His instruction for us. We will not miss out the reason and the essence for which He has called us to go on this journey with Him. I like us to just lift up our voices as we begin to pray in the Spirit. Oh, bad in Jesus name I'll just read the scripture and then I would finally hand over to Pastor Uchi Psalm 139 from verse 13 I was reading this psalm to someone yesterday and the Lord just reminded me of it the Bible says from verse 13 for you formed my innermost parts 
Okay, let's even back up um, to verse seven. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shell, the nether world, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will be the only light around me. Even the darkness is not dark to you and conceals nothing from you, but the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Verse 13, for you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my own substance and in your book they all written the days that are appointed for me when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You see this scripture, eh? What he's telling us is there's no hiding place from God. You see this repentance. So many times we are ashamed. So many times we are insecure. So many times we, we think God is intimidated by the iniquity in which we were birthed. God cannot be intimidated because the Bible is telling us that even when we were still an idea or a concept in his mind, when he could have moved on to the next thought, he sat down, he considered us, he saw everything, he saw all of our days. He says, like, like, like cloth that was neat, is um, intricately woven and embroidered together. He saw all the complexities. He saw that we will get to a point in our lives where we will struggle with certain things. He saw that it will get to a point in our lives where we may become complacent, but he's still beyond considering us. He gave us a chance and he gave us a choice, hoping that we will come to that realization where we see him as number one, and then we choose him. Because when we finally choose him, what it means is that there is an alignment. There is an alignment, not just for ourselves, but an alignment with what his intention was for creating us, even conceiving <laughs> And when we arrive at that point, what happens? We receive light. And when we receive light, darkness is dispelled. Deceit is dispelled. Truth is brought to the forefront. When we receive light, we are able to shine again. When we receive light, it's like we are refined, we are purified, we are renewed. We are able to go another one mile. We are able to go another distance. We are able to experience salvation. We really begin to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. We really begin to work in the practicality of the promises of his word. That is what happens when we choose him. And so maybe you may be on this call and the issue is, God, I don't know how to choose you. 
take it to him, write it down, tell him, Lord, every time I've been faced with my, with, with, with the privilege of choice that you gave me, I have never chosen you. Lord, show me how to choose you. Show me how to choose you, oh God. Show me how to prioritize you. Show, give me an understanding, oh God. If you constantly tell me to choose you, give it, or maybe you want to say, God, give me reasons why. Make it practical for me. Because at the end of the day, if we don't understand it, it will become the norm. And the law cannot, the law cannot make us, the law will keep showing us the ways that we are, we are not, we're, we're not worthy, the ways that we are inadequate, the ways that we cannot measure up. What are the things that you struggle with? You don't need to show me, talk to God, write it down, bring it before him and just pray and say, Father, help me. Father, help me. Lord, I want my life to be changed on this mountain. I do not want to remain the same way. And you see, this is why we have to pray and fast because Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, it's not that you cannot do these miracles, but there are some that can only come out by prayer and fasting. It is not about the activity of the fast itself. It is who you become when you abstain from certain things. And it's not an abstinence that is in independent in itself. You are abstaining from something to attach yourself to something else. And that something else is the being, the presence of God. You are saying, God, everything else is great, but Lord, I choose you. Just that decision alone. And so I'd like us to just continue in prayers. And Pastor Uche, you can take it from here. And let's just, you know, um, continue in prayer and just have this mind and say, Father, I want to choose you. I want to be able to choose you. I want to understand why I should choose you, Lord, so that I can practicalize it in every area of my life. I want to understand why I should choose you, why I should choose you in my friendships, in my relationships, in my associations, in my thoughts, in my dealings, in my businesses. Lord, I want to choose you. Show me how in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And in discussing and talking about um, repentance, you know, the the first the first repentance, the first thing that I always say to myself is the repentance of not knowing God as I should. The repentance of not knowing him as he is. You see, we will never get to the place where we know all everything about God. We will never get to the place where we will be able to say we know all of God. But it is an aspiration, and one of the things that 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 uh, that I'm that I'm very emphatic about in 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 this in these teachings is um, Pastor Stephanie mentioned something earlier in from Romans chapter one. She mentioned in verse sixteen, but I want us to pray, and this will be the fulcrum of our prayer. And the repentance is basically this that we have not given him the glory that he is due. It says in, in, um, from verse 19 in Romans chapter 1, it says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. 
Now, key word, that which may be known. In other words, the thing that God has is permitted us to know about himself is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even its eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And in verse 21, he says, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, you know, we may see, we may think that it's talking about unbelievers, the world. Yes, but as Pastor Steph mentioned earlier, he says it's not just talking about the Gentile. There's, there's repentance even within Christianity. There is a turning away from our idea of who God is so that we can be able to accord him the glory that he deserves. The glory, because the first place we have to repent is that we have not given him the glory that is due unto his name. We may say that, oh, I'm a worshiper, I'm a praiser, but is the praise and the glory that we are giving, is it commensurate with what he deserves? Is it commensurate because God is greater than the greatest that we can imagine? God is greater than the, limit, than the limits of our imagination. God is greater far beyond our capacity to comprehend. And so our repentance is to say, Lord, I have not given you enough glory. I have not given you enough worship. I have not given you enough praise. It's all, if all of my cells in my blood, if all, every organ in my body were tongues, and they all praise you day and night, it will still not be enough to praise you enough for who you are, to catch up to who you really are. Because you are beyond definition. You are beyond my ability to comprehend. You are beyond our capacity to even imagine. You are greater than great. You are bigger than big. You are wiser than wise. And so our first repentance this morning as we pray, I want us to just take this time to just pray and to just repent before God and say, Lord, I haven't given you enough glory. And today I propose that I will, I will search within me. It says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. All that is within me. Every cell in my blood respond to God. Every, every bone in my body begin to worship him, begin to glorify him, begin to understand that he alone is God. He, it is he that made us and not we ourselves. He was and he is and he is to come. Everything is in him and by him all things consist. That without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. I want us to pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that our heart, oh God, will begin to contemplate, oh God, that you are greater than the greatest that we can imagine, that you are bigger than the biggest that we can imagine, that our heart, oh God, will begin to yearn for you, oh God, that we will desire nothing but you, because you are enough to satisfy everything. Every desire, every craving, everything, oh God, that a man can desire can be found in you. Everything, oh God, that a man can want 
can be found in you. Everything, oh God, that can satisfy can be found in you because such is your greatness, such is your vastness, such is your excellence, such is your beauty. Oh, Marakasha Pratilandia. Roto sefratela magiba, lera sagre sufratela, lera talia zafradiada. Unmute your mouth and begin to open your mouth and pray. Begin to open your mouth and pray. The fresh repentance is the repentance of not knowing God. Riba Let all that is within me bless your name, O God. Liga Shande we have not done you as we ought to. We have not seen you as we ought to. We have not sought after you, O God, as we ought to. We have been distracted by the things of this world. We have taken our eyes off of you, O God. Even if it's for a moment, O God, it is still not enough. For when Peter, when he was called to walk on the water, as soon as he began to observe the, the, the waves, the boisterous waves, he began to sink. The minute we take our eyes off of you, O oh God, we begin to sink. The minute we take our minds off of you, O oh God, we begin to sink. Blessed Father, help us, God, that we may stay Everything of this world, we are your people, O God. You are 
They cry holy reflectively. And so let us, let us begin to contemplate this God. Let us begin to set our minds on him, our, our attention, our affections on him. And to repent, that, Lord, we, have, we really haven't, we really think we're doing something, but we really are not doing enough. But because of your mercy, because of your goodness, because of your kindness, because of your tender love that you have for us, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the name of Jesus Christ, even this little that we offer is even acceptable unto you. We thank you. Let us come with thanksgiving as we repent. Let us come with thanksgiving and with praise and with a determination to do more, to do better. To, to, to ascribe to him the glory that is due unto his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, is there any, any announcements? Is there any announcements for the house uh, before we, we close? No, no announcements. Any? Okay. Okay. So let, 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 us, let us just close in prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name that is above everything. We offer you our worship. We offer you our praise. We offer yes. you, O oh God, thanksgiving, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto your name. For you yes. are a great God. You are mighty. There is no other God besides you. There is none like unto you. Oh, Father, you are the God that is more than enough. You are the ancient one, the ancient of days. You were before anything was, and you are even now. And all things are held are held by the word of your power. All things are held together by your command and your instructions. You are that being, O oh God. And so we worship you. We bow to you. We honor you. Receive, O oh God, these offerings that we bring. Receive our worship. Receive our praise. For we offer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let your grace, oh God, let it be as sufficient for us. Let your grace, oh God, let your grace go with us this morning. Yes. And let our lives, oh God, be pleasing unto you. In the yes. name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So good morning, everyone. And just have a blessed day. And um, see you back here at 6 a.m. Thank you so much, good Pastor morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. See you tomorrow. God bless you all. See you all in the morning. Yes, ma'am. Amen.